Welcome to the Fatty Z Musky Podcast. I'm Andy, joined by Ranger and Todd Young. Hi, Todd. Hi, I'm here, ready to roll. Perfect. We have Corey Allen. Hi, Corey. Roll call. There we go. Howdy, guys. All right. This show is brought to you by Fatty Z Musky Products, fattyzmusky.com. We're on Facebook, we're Instagram and Twitter. Um, I know that Musky Tackle Online should have their stuff, all their Raptors, up to date on their website. You got the package. I know that for a fact. Team Rhino does as well. I have some Raptors too. However, the website is not updated yet because I have not done it yet. I can't make any excuses. Just haven't done it. But you can find those at Team Rhino Outdoors and Musky Tackle Online. But if you're looking for rod holders, there's one place to get them. That's through this guy. And you can message me on the website, on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. All that stuff will get back to me. I have my phone number on the website. Give me a call. Send me a text. Any questions, we'll figure this out. You can order right off the website. It's real nice. I generally ship within 24 hours. Probably the next day it's going to be hitting the mail. I work a standard job, so I'll package it up at midnight. Um, aside from that, um, I'm going to make mine quick, and I'm going to let Muddy Creek talk. I'm going to go quick, too. Muddy Creek Fishing Guides, mcfishingguides.com. Get a hold of us. We are getting ready here. I got the next week about filled up here in Pennsylvania, and then we're going to take Friday, travel up to New York, and get settled into my second home. And uh, Vance and I will be starting up there. Saturday the 25th, I believe, and we're going to fish all the way through November. If you know when you're coming, get a hold of us sooner rather than later. If you're coming up for a vacation or you want to come up and get a trip because days are filling, we have very, very limited days. I mean, I'm talking like one hand through the end of July. Uh, so we'll, we'll do our best to get you in. I've already uh, scheduled some stuff like uh, half day and then a full day charter after that and just to get guys on the schedule. And uh, I, I I don't really want to do all that much of that. Those are extremely long days doing a full day and a half day charter when I got to go do it again. But uh, we'll do we'll do what we can do to get you on the books, get a hold of us. We'll do our best to get you out there and get you on some fish. Excellent. And we're brought to you by St. Croix Rods. Best rods on earth. If you're in the market for looking looking for rods. Corey, what's going on over there? Nothing. I'm shuffling. You're cool. Okay, because we can hear it all. <laughs> oh, gee. Is it that bad? Okay. Yeah, you were kicking a can down the road. <laughs> I was, actually. I was that bored. <laughs> okay. St. Croix Rods. Best rods on earth. Uh, if you're in the market for a fishing rod, check out St. Croix. They're always coming out with some new stuff every year. I know Todd and Vance, they've been using them trolling rods, those new two-piece, and they'll, they'll be giving you updates here on the new ones that they just picked up in the coming weeks as the season starts. Um, Ranger Boats. Big thanks to Ranger Boats. I've been running Ranger Boats. They're, they were never new, but um, that's all right. They were new at one time. I have two older ones, but... Vance and Todd, they ran theirs last year. Um, great boats. And you can find your Ranger, if you're in our area, at Vicks Marine Sports Center. They are located in Kent, Ohio. They have Ranger fiberglass boats, aluminum boats, Starweld, Starcraft, and a great selection of used inventory, which is changing constantly. So if you're looking for one of... I saw on their website they said that they've been like top 10 
volume dealer for like since 2006. So they move boats. So things are coming in, coming out. Call them and, uh, you know, see, work some numbers out. Hopefully uh, you'll be coming home with a brand new boat because everyone likes new stuff. So with that, Todd, talk about Muskie's Inc. Let's go with Muskie's Inc. M.I. Uh, lots of stuff going on with, with all the Muskie Inc. chapters around the country. Uh, pretty much every state that has Muskie's has a chapter. Some states have multiple ones. Check out your local chapter. Get involved. That's what it takes. If the people in the chapters get involved, you can get a lot of stuff done. As, as we talk about every every week when we do this, you know, our chapter has done a lot. Using Muskie's Inc. as the uh, as a platform and talking with the fisheries and talking with people. And, you know, we got seasons changed. Uh, bag limits, size limits. Yeah, yeah, size limits, bag limits, all that stuff. It's all got changed and a lot of it. I feel would never happen without the, the the voice and the the you know the collective group of people that are in your, your mu- local Muskie Inc. chapter. Everyone's getting ready to do all these Muskie Inc. tournaments. As a, they're they're always a lot of fun. You know, I wish I do miss that part of of uh, my fishing. I don't get a chance to participate, but always something that I could look forward to. Here's a tournament. Gives me an excuse. I'm going to go this weekend and go do it. Uh, you get access to the lunge log. 450,000 entries or something right now. Maybe, maybe even more than that. I can't remember, but there's a ton of fish you can look at what's been caught on certain lakes. If you're going to go check something out, uh, check out a new, new lake or something, you can at least see some, some data, some hard data there of what guys were doing, whether they're casting, trolling, what baits or, uh, it's always a lot of fun. It's fun to look back through the old, the old books and they're all on that, uh, Lunge log, so, so only only, only can, access can access that if you, you are, are a member of Muskie's Inc. So, so check it out. Yes, perfect. Yes, and I also, uh, I also saw, uh, saw on Facebook on that Facebook. the <laughs> what's going on, guys? <laughs> Getting huge, I am, Corey. Are you all right? How about that? Is that good? I think yeah. Now the echo is gone. Okay. <laughs> all right. So I saw on Facebook tonight that I actually saw it this afternoon. Uh, Jared Sayers and from the Pennsylvania Fish Commission in uh, it might have been he put up a video and it was the Three Rivers chapter of Muskie's Inc. The minnows. Todd, did you see that at all? No. Okay. So Three Rivers chapter with with all the donations and all the bait fish money stuff. They, he sent a nice video of all these fathead minnows that are going to go feed the baby muskies. And anymore with social media, it's really, I, I think it's just, it, it's, while it's used for a lot of bad, there's a lot of good stuff that, that comes out of social media. And it's really nice to see. So what we have tied together right now by using Facebook was we have um, the Pennsylvania Fish Commission showing off minnows that were purchased from Muskies, Inc., the Three Rivers chapter more specifically, in their Linesville hatchery going to feed these baby muskies. Now, it didn't show the muskies feeding on them. It just showed that there's a whole bunch of minnows there to feed these muskies. So it's Ready to roll, yeah. It, it's, it's something. It, it's actually like this money isn't like going somewhere where like, oh, yeah, is this going to line someone's guy's, some guy's pocket or is this going to go fix some, you know, whatever broken trout 
tank or something. I don't know. I'm making something up. But this is actually it. This is the payoff of all of this stuff that we've accumulated over this time specifically for this cause, and here it is. So that's really cool. Like, you can actually see that. And in our chapter, we we got to see that right there, and I'm sure that other chapters are doing the same now that a lot of state agencies seem to be fairly active on social media. I saw some from Minnesota. Uh, I don't know what they call their fisheries uh, department there, but they had a whole bunch of little baby muskies they were about to stock, and really neat stuff. And it's it's nice to see, you know, it's that the state and – uh, a private club working together to improve public, you know, fisheries everywhere in the Commonwealth. Sure. All right. Tournament announcements. Todd, the Chautauqua Lake showdown. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The Chautauqua Lake showdown. That's going to come up. End of, uh, Andy, you're going to help me here. I don't have and, any and It's going to be this end of June. Advances. Yeah. And, End of June. It's a one-day tournament. I think it's your top three fish. Uh, you, you, you can register, and uh, they, they've been getting a great turnout. And I know this year is going to be even bigger, bigger and better than ever. Zach Baker doing a great job with his chapter up, up, sort of a newly formed chapter the last few years. Chapter sixty-nine up in uh, New York there, and uh, they have a whole night's thing running with like a tournament champion you know the more tournaments you get in you can end you know you can get uh, build points throughout the season so you know you want to be a part of that one at chautauqua because that's always a good point builder <laughs> uh, pad the numbers the number, add it yeah pad, pad the numbers and and get on the books all right we also have another one it's going to be in the the wassa area of wisconsin uh for more information go to wassamuskies.com and you can see a lot of the tournament rules. It's going to happen on June 1st on the Wisconsin River. One day, total inches, catch bump board photo, immediate release format. They are looking to grow attendance. So if you're in that area and you can spare the day to have fun fishing, put a little bit of you know competitiveness in it, it's always a good time. Check that one out, wassawmuskies.com. That is the Wausau, Wisconsin chapter of Muskies, Inc. Now let me scroll through my screenshots here. Because I announced the tournament last week, and I just saw, I think, that thing change. So if you're going to be fishing that tournament in from Chapter 70, the Central New York Muskies, Inc., there's a new poster that was put up on Facebook. I saw it like 40 minutes ago. Um, I'm going to butcher the name again. Was it Otisco? O-T-I-S-C-O? Otisco. Otisco Lake. Uh Earlier, like two days ago, uh, it was a it was a tiger and pike tournament on like three different bodies of water. Now it appears, I was not brought up on this. I'm just reading this from this flyer. It is May 18th, 7 a.m. to 3 p.m. It is a tiger muskie tournament. It doesn't say anything on this about pike. So I guess it must have been a last-minute change, I'm assuming. But I want to at least pre- present this information as best I can. So if you're going to be in the area of central New York... Um, in like two days and you hear this and you can join, that'd be great. It's for Chapter 70, um, Central New York Muskies, Inc. All right, Corey? Yeah, yeah. All right, you settled down now? Yeah, can you hear me? I can hear you we just fine, you. but we can hear everything you've done. <laughs> what, what am I doing now? Oh, uh, you got in your car. <laughs> you just got out of the truck. 
Yep, you're right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, that's okay. Hey, what's uh, so what's going on with Corey Allen? What's happening? What's going on with Corey Allen? Uh, recovering alcoholic. No, I'm just joking. Um, there's a, oh, come on, guys. Jesus. Um, I was going to say, doesn't surprise me, but I probably, I bit my tongue. <laughs> well, now we got to have a talk, dude. Like, what, what is that about? <laughs> well, you're the one that brought it up, and I figured I could carry the joke on. No, it's on. a joke. It's a joke. It's a joke. I'm really not. Um, Yet. I don't know. Like, what, what do you mean by what is going on with me? Okay, so it's been, it's been two are, years. Are you, it's yeah. been two In years. Two years. Uh, oh my gosh, it, has, it might have been three years. Okay, I think it's three years. Well, we'll just kind of summarize it all into like stuff and things, because some of it's cool, some of it's not. Uh, but I'm kind of kind of finding my way back, which is kind of cool. Getting back into the fishing, you mean? Yeah, I kind of basically told it to. Okay. Itself, yeah, for a while. Hey, Corey, so I, I hate to interrupt you, but remember, I told you this might happen. Hold, hold on. I got to yeah, take yeah, this yeah. call. Yeah, do it. Do it. Okay, Vance, this better be great because Corey was doing his introduction. Well, well, wow. You guys are running late. Yes, we well, are. Well, th- there has been a host of things that slowed us down, but okay. Not surprised. I'm sorry I interrupted your very important podcast. Well, you're the <laughs> one that called in on, on a very important trip that you're doing. I'm hijacking. It's Big Chess Nation. Just wanted to <laughs> stop in and say hello uh, to everybody. I hear you, you every day. We will get this done. Resist, unite, conquer. This will happen. Mark my words. I guarantee it. Right now, I'm staring at a peacock. I, I, it's like 10 feet from me. I think I heard they're very aggressive. But um, yes. It's obvious you're I'm still on... drunk from Saturday. No. I'm not going to kick the peacock. All, I hate peacocks. I hate all, them. I, I let my wife like kick decide it. where we were going to stay on, on all these Airbnbs. I'm on a legitimate farm out kick here. It. It's like an, an orange farm. And all last night, there was just like peacocks roosting, staring at me, making these unbelievable noises. Okay. Oh, yeah. Mimic it. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. There it is. There, <laughs> hey. Can you hear that? I hate Later. it. <laughs> do you hear that? Yeah. <laughs> no. Does that? Do you hear that? Does that not? Does that not spell romantic honeymoon or, yeah. or what? Uh, the Pink only thing that would, would, would make that oh. better is a, a window that would not close and a breeze blowing the the curtains <laughs> in, and there's a giant cornfield <laughs> that you can't see in. It's just like it's insane, man. Where we're staying, I would have never picked this place, but I just wanted to uh, hijack, say hello. Uh, and say, you know, Peacock Nation Unite. Big Chess Nation Unite. I'm sober. Peacock. I'm I'm finally finally feel normal from uh, three days ago. Hey, hey, you're in Hawaii? No, I'm in (laughs) in California. (laughs) Oh, I was going to make some joke. Never mind. No, I'm in California where, uh, you know. I was going to say you're going to the hooky lao, but never mind. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. But, uh. Big Chess Nation, big shout out. Fatheads, no, it's not going to happen. Andy, I'm sorry. The proof's in the pudding. It's it's 2020. Not everybody gets a trophy nowadays. The polls spoke for themselves. On that note, thank you and Todd for coming to my wedding. It means the world to me. I miss the podcast. Not really. 
and <laughs> I'm coming back. And in two days, I'll be fishing. I'm, I'm really looking forward to that opener. I cannot wait. Uh, I'll probably get skunked. Don't tell the clients that. Take care. Later, Later Vance. All right. See ya. <laughs> okay, Corey. As you were saying before we were hijacked that I willingly took the call. So uh, rudely interrupted. <laughs> um, so what's going on? Corey Allen guide business, Corey Allen. Man, we talked and stuff. Yeah. Corey Allen is, uh, I guess you would say in the chrysalis stage, but you know, I'm, okay. I'm evolving. Um, oh yeah, there I took, I took a year off mm-hmm. life and stuff and things and just kind of generally pissed off it. I would just go. So I say the ambience of musky fishing it's just I didn't like the energy of the room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if, I, if, I, if they sound so hippie, mm-hmm. but uh, I don't know. I kind of I stepped away and I didn't do it too much. And I kind of saw fires still burning that I wanted to piss out. So here I am doing some other stuff. Okay, that's kind of where we're at. Um, yeah. Some of which being this in the spread thing, which is I'm kind of uh, I guess the major domo of the freshwater end of it which is fun because it's not just about you know i've never thought or wanted the cory allen show starting cory allen so it's cool it's like i get to help find people to do stuff and they kind of trust my judgment which on most things i would say is really dumb of you but when you're trying <laughs> to find people that like know about fishing and aren't full of bullshit i'm actually i've got a pretty good nose for that mm-hmm. but everything else not so much Okay, now, uh, before so you get too far into this, Corey, before you get too far into this, okay, so you've kind of laid off the guiding, and yeah, yeah, yeah. you're now in, in this, what would you call it, like a like a digital media kind of thing that's, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's I mean it started, it's kind of interesting. It started in saltwater, and I'm going to be the first to admit, I'm not saying that saltwater fishing is easy by any means. I think it's just usually more about hardware, I guess. If you mm-hmm. want to put it that way, like knowing all these different, you know, you have to use this kind of thing with that kind of thing. It's not, it, it seems less technique and more just pragmatic hardware control of what to use when you're doing this. Um, that's kind of what really impressed me with that stuff. Cause I, I remember I met Seth Horn, he's the guy that owns it. And uh, I filmed something with him one time and, and he kind of liked the way that I talked about stuff. And I thought it was kind of cool that he didn't tell me to not talk about stuff. So, um, we kind of stayed in touch and did a couple more things and I kind of saw what he was trying to do. And what's interesting is what he's trying to do is really kind of what I had always wanted somebody to try to do, but I couldn't do that part of it. But the nice thing about it is, and this is not a, this is not a slant at anything or anybody. It's just the nature of the beast. And it's kind of the beast that I saw him try to kind of usurp, but it doesn't matter what you do, but the way the kind of things are set up in today's world with the angling industry, you're kind of slave to the sponsors. Now, this kind of thing is a little bit different, but that means every YouTube, everything like that, I mean, there's there has to be some bias to it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like something, like something like this is a little bit kind of immune to it just by the nature, but like, you know, I, I, I won't go into any specific examples or any names, but like I've been a part of filming where you can't mention the name of the bait or the yeah. fish because it's not a sponsor bait. What the hell? Uh-huh. And to me, I mean, especially in, in that case, it seemed a little bit kind of redundant anyway, but that's what I like about this is because there, there's no like sponsor sponsors. There's just 
subscribers. And it's like, what, like 10 bucks a month and you can watch all the, and that's the thing too, is like some of these videos are one hour, two hour, three hours long. And it's like, I, I tell people, I'm like, look, YouTube is awesome. It's a great platform. But the fact of the matter is if we put up my two hour trolling video on YouTube, we probably wouldn't get very many clicks. Yeah. Because it's not, that's not the format of it. It's meant to, I mean, why are the top making things? And I am a top contributor to this. Why do cat videos make so much money on YouTube? What does a cat video have to do with uh-huh. anything of any relevance? It's entertaining. You click it. You get to see the ad for, uh, you know, Triago or whatever that thing is. And then you're, you're back to the cat video. And so this kind of thing really wouldn't do well in that kind of an open form format. Uh-huh. But it's more kind of like the difference between going to like a library or just like kind of reading through Barnes and Noble. Like it's, it's very textbook. And that's kind of the thing we like about it is none of the people that, you know, come on this thing, we ask to do a, be a part of this thing, fresh salt, whatever, it doesn't matter. They don't have to not, they don't have to step around eggshells. There's never like, Oh, uh, can I talk about this? I was like, well, yeah. Do you want to talk about that? I'm like, yeah, we can talk about that. Why couldn't you talk about that? I'm like, well, maybe you couldn't do it because you're responding. We're like, no, you can talk about that. And so that's what's cool is everybody's kind of free to, you know, just not not have to worry about those laser grid wires and all that stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. And there's already kind of a reward system system built in because we pay people. So it, it's not even like that free promotion bullshit deal or like, you know, well, get so many views or whatever. It's it's just literally like we find people who are really good, usually off the beaten path, and uh, and then we say we will pay you some money to kind of open your book up, and they say cool, and that's the long-winded version of why I like it, why I think it's different, um, why I kind of signed on to the deal, and I, I, I mean I I think it's got a lot of potential. I really do. Okay, so so. It- so the in the spread has been around for a while. It started out as, as far as I know, it started out with like a DVD sales thing because okay. whenever I kind of entered into it, they were switching from DVD to digital format. So now it's like a, they built a new website and you click on the website and you watch all the videos. You want no, no uh, advertisements, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, ten bucks a month. Okay, so um, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap this up a little bit to to kind of sorry. put it in a nice package. So in the spread's been it. around for a while. It was from a, from a, a <clears throat> format that required DVD. Now it's a streaming subscription based uh, video library, and yes. you travel. You know, you, you're part of this now. You travel around, or you ask people to um, produce some kind of little snippet video, what have you, and submit it, and then it gets put into this library, and people that that want to learn how to fish certain ways can watch these videos. But it's not open to any Yahoo, and you're not going to get Camry commercials um, popping yeah. up on YouTube. I mean, that's, and that's and that's kind of the thing because I know like a lot of people are like, well, you can get all the information you want off YouTube for free, and I'm like, well, ultimately no. Like you might not be paying anything for that, but the very nature of things that go on YouTube are I, like educational stuff. Like, yeah, I get it. There's certain videos people look up. Like, yeah, I have to pull up youtube every time i have to plug in a toaster i ain't gonna lie yeah <laughs> but like but you know like some of this stuff it seems like the fishing stuff is just more like the very nature of it clickbait i can can i use an example go, go, so like, go ahead it, i'm it, gonna it, help you out on this okay no it's cool 
Um, what's the name of the uncut angling kid? I forget. Whatever. You know, uncut angling on YouTube. I've I've heard of it. I've never watched it, but go uh, ahead. The guy that the guy that did the fidget spinner musky thing, and the guy that did the some yeah. other wacky thing. I forget. But here's the interesting part. It's like even this guy, and I I forget his name. Forgive me if he's listening. I don't know. He's a brilliant angler. Like the stuff that he does in some of his instructional segments is absolutely. I mean, it, it surprises me. I'm like, this is so cool. What's the thing that makes him his money on YouTube? He put a fidget spinner on a bucktail shaft with some some of his own hair and caught a muskie. Mm-hmm. Kaboom. So even stuff like that, even a guy that's a really good educator, has some really good educational stuff, can't really even justify doing too much of that without doing some campy stuff because what's the thing that goes viral? Right. Yeah. It's, it's the, the camp, thing. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So like yeah. even then they have to kind of pump the brakes a little bit just for the sake of their own pocketbooks. And so the quality of the content I feel like is kind of inherently diminished. Does that make sense? Even if the people aren't even if the people aren't it's like just the nature of it to be worth the time is it's not worth it. You, you, you can put out grade A material the whole time, but it's always going to lose out to to people clowning around. Yeah, and I mean that. There's nothing good or bad about that. That's just the nature of that beast. But that's kind of the thing that set that he was like, "Well, I want to make a different beast," and I was like, "That's actually a pretty cool idea," because f the system, you know me, and it's uh, it's pretty cool. I, I really and honestly, I think one of the things that really validated it for me just to be totally upfront was nothing against freshwater. But when I saw that they had done like really intense, very specific, like I consider myself a pretty adept angler and boatman. And I don't know how the people are doing some of the stuff they're talking. We're like, they did a video one time where they're talking about like fishing, fishing tuna. And like, so there's an ocean current and there's the boat and there's the fish below the ocean current. It's so deep. And these guys don't want to spook the birds or some, Something like that because the birds, I don't know, something with the baby <laughs> bird. So they literally have to like do trigonometry in their friggin' brain to know how far they have to swing back with so much weight so that the baits hit the current, fall below the current, and then drift outside it to the fish without spooking the bait in the gulls. What the hell? That's like a moon landing. Uh-huh. I mean, I'm just being honest. Like, it blew my mind. I'm like, oh, I thought you just like had a lively fish and threw it out there with a hook and <laughs> but like, but I mean, I was like, "Holy crap! Are you kidding, dude? That's amazing!" They, literally, it's like a it's like a moon landing. Some of the stuff these guys do out there, and I'm, I was like, "So if that's the saltwater end of this, I can only imagine what he wants from the freshwater end." Uh-huh. And that's when I was like, "The fact they started in saltwater validated for me, not just for the fact of to go into saltwater and do this stuff it requires a little bit more of a commitment of time and resources." But it's also the fact that they weren't just like going out there and getting girls in bikinis catching marlin. Like this was a very, 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 very painstakingly in-depth look at something that I kind of simplified just in my brain, just because I was like, you know, whatever. But like that's, I mean, I, if you want to know the truth, that's really what sold it for me was when I saw how in-depth their saltwater stuff was, because I just expected the normal, you know, hullabaloo. Yeah. And I was like, I remember the one thing that I like, and I asked him about that. I was like, so how are they doing this? Because, uh, yeah, physics. I don't get that. But um, it's amazing. And so, I, that, I mean, that's really why I 
kind of started working with them and why I do what I do now with them is because of that. They respect that. They respect that attention to detail. Right. And, and you and you're and you're like the first uh, branch of fresh water that's going on. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Because um, we've done and that's that's something I'm starting to really do more of is just do like daily videos. Mm-hmm. And and trying to get more stuff out there. It's just trying to balance what's what to give for free and what to not. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's just to it. I'm oh, sorry. I'm here. I'm here. There's just an element to it that you don't want to. You don't want to give too much away. Like mm-hmm. we're trying to find a balance, but I mean, it doesn't mean we don't want to give stuff away. Yeah. Like, cause I mean, really some of the stuff, that's the thing I kind of, I kind of get with it too is it's kind of just almost limited by the length because like really, even when you do like a five minute segment or something, it still doesn't really even encompass what I can do with a two hour video. And I, you know what? I'm, I'm not good at things like tying shoelaces mm-hmm. and, and, and adult adulting because I think that's what they call it. Mm-hmm. But, um, <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty good at that stuff. So that's, I have to admit, that's kind of another cool thing about it too, is I was like, you know, this is, uh, now are you, are you just hitting that with the, uh, with musky fishing or are you getting into other freshwater fishing? I am, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I've always been, I've always been open other, I mean, fishing, you know, it's like, and I, I mean, I've, I'll be honest. One of the things I'm, I'm really looking forward to that we're going to be doing really soon is taking all my cool ass musky baits to Lake Chickamauga where Florida strain largemouth bass haven't seen anything over nine inches. Okay. Watch what happens. I mean, that's, that's been in my, that's been in my book for a while. We're going to start filming down there and doing some of that. Um, just now, kind of a little experiment. Okay. Now, before we move on from this, what I want to know what your expectations are by doing this. Personal or industry or what? P- personal, like when you go down to to this bass lake with your musky baits, what? Oh, you mean that specifically? Not yeah, that because I'm okay. interested because th- there's kind of like a big gap from big bass country to musky country, and I know that a lot of that stuff has got to you know overlap if, but there's just so much distance between them that there's probably not mean, a lot. Of... You mean like geologically, uh, like, like geographically, geologically or like metaphorically? geographically? Sorry. Yeah. Um, you're not coming to Pennsylvania for a ten pound bass. I can tell you that no, right now. <laughs> oh, so you're asking? You're asking? Are there big bass down here? Well, yes. yeah, there's going to be um, big bass. But what do you expect when you take your baits down there and go fishing for them? Just, I mean, are you ex- are you expecting um, average results? Uh, dude, you know, aver- dime bags, dude. I, I'm expecting ten pounders. I mean, but uh, more than what the locals are doing with the yeah. local. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I could, I could be wrong. I could be totally wrong, but I mean, all right, can we get into something really cool that will, I'll try not to go down a rabbit hole, but this, this, this explains this a lot. Go, I, go do whatever you want. It's your show. Cool. Awesome. <laughs> so like, <laughs> I'm the star. Sit down. I'm just joking. Um, so follow me. The feeding mechanism of a largemouth bass and the feeding whatever of a muskie it's entirely different uh-huh. like largemouth bass i don't know if you ever watched like the the doug hannon show i mean you see it everywhere but like the doug hannon show where he um 
what was it called? Big Mouth. He filmed it back in the 70s or whatever in the Crystal River. And it's really cool because you actually get to watch the feeding mechanism of bass where, like, they don't ever physically touch the bait. Like, with their mouth, they open their mouth and make a vacuum and it sucks it Inhale up. Inhale it. Inhale it. Muskies can't do that. That's why I have them nip the back of my hooks. That's why I put little blades on the back of hooks. That's why I don't think they even have a clue what a hook is or that's dangerous to them. And it's just all programming because I've watched them nip hooks on purpose too many times to not think that. That means that they have to be a little bit more. It, it just takes more steps. You know, like I think that their reaction strike requires more energy and more presumption than a bass because a bass every strike they make is like just a snap it's a snap action it's an inhale yeah it's an inhale ever they can't they can't mouth something they have to suck it up but muskies can pick it up that's why they take the dead baits why they nip and stuff they can't do the inhale they have to do it so in my personal opinion i think the future of big bass fishing is what we would call muskie angling I think the future of big muskie angling is what we would call bass angling, if that makes any sense. <laughs> so Does that make any sense? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm following what yeah. you're, I'm following what you're saying yeah. on that. So what you're, what you're almost looking at, I mean, as you're breaking down the the the, the, the motions that are required for these for these fish to eat, the bass obviously doesn't you know isn't known to follow baits and stuff like that but it's committed it's a it's a quick flip of the gills and and the mouth opens it's in it's in you're probably going to lose a lot less fish you know on the initial strike as you would you know a musket you know within the first couple seconds because that bait's more than likely buried in its mouth yep Okay, and you're expecting to go clean house down there and show these these guys how to do it. No, there's no, you know, that's the thing. <laughs> don't don't look at it like that. Don't look at it like that. It's not a, I, and it's not really that. It's not really that nature. Now, I might go take some of their money if it works. There you go. But that's just fair game. <laughs> I mean, that's yeah. a fair game. But, I mean, yeah, I I I I, I don't know. We'll see. But I mean, I know that they don't. They don't, number one, I hate to say they don't troll for bass. Uh, I'm going to troll for bass because it works. There's, yeah, <laughs> I grew up doing it. I troll for bass. That's all I'm going to do. I mean, like, slow rolling bucktails, slow rolling some of these big spinnerbaits and stuff off the brake lines. I, if there's guys that catch, I mean, literally almost every day in the spring, I see a fish over 10 pounds cut out of Chickamauga. Okay. It's, it's a, it's a trophy factory. I, I get the feeling that, I mean, you know, their, their big bait is like six, seven inches. Mm-hmm. I really think that in a fishery like that, those big Florida strain largemouth, even from what I've just seen from northern strain largemouth, are going to, I think they'll respond well. I like the confidence. Yeah. Yes. I, cool. You know, and I, I don't mean to go down this road because I know everybody, I know it's like what's expected of me, but like. Dude, Buck Perry used to catch dozens and dozens of 10 pounds, 800 swim plugs in the prop wash at six miles an hour mm-hmm. in Florida. So you're in gonna, Florida. Are, are you taking your boat down? Oh, yeah. Well, if we do that, we're taking my boat down. Very nice. Are you going to uh, want one photo so after bringing up your boat uh, that comes to mind is your, your crow's nest 
You gonna be fishing off the crow's nest? When, when you still my god, so, my god, social media. Yeah, um, I think that. I think I, I think my brain forgets sometimes that like literally like when I post something, it's like by the way, Corey, the whole world saw this and the FBI. You're welcome. But I mean, you know, I just need to like realize that, but it just can't help it. Um. Well, I was in the boat. I took that photo of you, by the way. Oh, that's right. No, my bad. My bad. Um, <laughs> I wasn't. <laughs> oh, I know. I know. Um, I mean, dude, I, I basically did that in the spring for uh, oh, now. So because like sometimes the, the muskies, like you can actually see them surface. Did um, uh, Did you see any that day? When, when you're on your crow's nest, did you see any? Yeah, I saw two. Very nice. Yes, yes. So it worked, more or less. Yep, it does work. All right, perfect. Are you getting fast food right now? No, I'm good. All right. Okay, so back to in the spread. So you're going to be traveling around. You might make a little trip up north. Is that right? Yes, sir. And that's going to be in like six weeks. Now, when you come, I mean... When you're doing this, Corey, you're taking your boat and going places, or you're jumping other people's boat. You have a you have a, a, a camera guy with you. How do you do this? Well, I mean, we usually either Seth does the camera because he's got like a big old fancy thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes we have a camera guy come along, and it all kind of depends on the situation. Like, I mean, a lot of the local stuff, I take my boat along. Um, probably. Really that far i mean going up there it's not a matter of taking the boat it's just knowing the fact that i don't know if my Sox magnum is totally suited for some of that water i don't know mm-hmm. maybe it is mm-hmm. so we'll probably hop in with you know folks like y'all yeah mm-hmm. but um i mean i know we're planning another thing in september uh to go to like middle like central wisconsin what, what are you yeah, hoping to get there boat. uh we're gonna do a little thing i don't know if you guys i bet you do um you know rich reinhardt i don't think i do rich reinhardt yeah but he uh he runs the wasah show he's been around for quite a while um i'd kind of talk to him about basically the word flowage just synonymous with the reservoir right that's what i think of yeah i mean that's and we talked a long time i was like you know i don't I'm not totally convinced that people understand those fisheries like in those areas. And that's not being critical, but it's like when your whole culture is based around predominantly fishing natural lakes for muskies, and then you have a reservoir card thrown in there. Um, I mean, it just, it usually plays out a little bit different. Mm-hmm. There's like different factors and stuff. And I know I, I talked to some people and they did have problems with uh, some of the fisheries, I think it was like Castle Rock. Um, some of the other flowages in, in Wisconsin. And it really fascinated me. So like Rich and I started talking about that and we kind of started planning a kind of a reservoir flowage breakdown thing for Wisconsin. And like kind of basically taking the stuff I kind of learned here and, and some of the stuff. But I mean, you know, I'll, I'll be honest, dude, Rich gets it. Like Rich came to fish with me. Rich gets... Chris gets it, but I just feel like a lot of people in those areas don't really understand how reservoirs work. So, it's a, there, there, there's a huge there's a huge difference, Corey, between natural bodies of water and and that's that's where I'm 
that's my thing. The man-made reservoirs, totally different. You know, you have man-made bait fish in there. It's a totally different fishery uh, with the baits that they put in, you know, with the, the alt-wives and all the stuff that introduced. I mean, I I sort of on my own call them like, okay, it, it's just a fake fishery. It's, it's man-made. Nothing yeah. wrong I mean, with them, but it's totally different than fishing natural waters or river systems. And they fish differently. There's no doubt about it. But you have to think about how cool it is, too, because, like, uh, I think about the evolution of animals, like, and how interesting how they adapt to it. And it's just totally off the cuff. Something you said, I didn't think about it. Because, like, you think about a reservoir, and a reservoir is literally just what a body of water will become after eons mm-hmm. when water has done what water does. But, like, nothing like those ever existed in nature. And they, they really no. are so much more physically, like, just structurally complex. Yes. In so many ways that, like, the animals, they don't, they don't behave differently, but they have to react differently to what they're given. And it, it's really interesting that you said that. And, like, you know, that's, that's really a testament to, like, evolution and nature and all the stuff that we talk around with fishing and stuff. That, like, we take these incredibly complex systems we put these animals, and they've never been really subjected to this, and somehow, magically, they know exactly what to do, because they're just programmed to do whatever they're told. It's really weird. I didn't mean to go off on a tangent, but, like, the way you said that, I was like, that's that's interesting. Yo, I'll shut and, up. And, and, you know, but, but uh, honestly, I mean, there is a big difference, and I tell people that all the time, that, you know, guys around here that I'm taking out on the trips, because, you know, when they, when, when you start talking about those southern reservoirs with, uh, you know, flooded timber, blah, 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 you know, stuff like that, well, you're not going to find flooded timber in a natural lake that's been there for a million years. Yeah. It j- just isn't there. It's a totally, you fish it, you, you, you fish them differently. There's no, <laughs> there, there's no timber left a million years later. Well, uh, and that's, that's they fish differently. No. And that's, and here's the thing I try to tell people. I'm like, that's true, but that's not true. Um, I really, I really think the perspective that people have to take on this to be successful at it, not to go down a weird, is that and it's something i know that like just in what little time i've spent fishing other types of fisheries you don't feel lost when you start to feel this way um ever like you don't really ever feel lost which is kind of cool um it's different but once you kind of know the code you kind of get it and it's just kind of like oh well this is what they do with this because that's kind of their thing with that um because they don't have this like the creek channel yeah um, but it's all still relativistic. But like, I guess what I was trying to say is, um, you know, like I fish some of these natural lakes a lot, or not a lot, but like a few times I know that like, um, you know, they do have elements that are reminiscent. Like, you know, gays have bars, you know, they have humps and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, they stick out like sore thumbs, and they don't make. Yeah. They, it's like they make glacial sense. There's no topographical sense. It's like, well, here's a here's a rock in the middle of the lake. Have fun. Yeah. Um, but it's still deep water, deep water, and shallow water, shallow water. So they got to do something with that. Um, I just think that's kind of where the flowage element eludes people because, or reservoir. It's not just the fluctuating water, which can also do piddly wings to anything you're trying to do to be productive. But it's just that that complexity to it. Like I know, um, and there was somebody I was talking to not too long ago, and he asked me to look at uh, it was Castle Rock flowage on on Wisconsin. I mean, this isn't, I'm not that smart. This isn't rocket science. You start to look at, like, some of the 
elements to it. And I was like, this is a really cool system. You know, like this is like mostly, and I, I'm a sucker, dude. I don't like fishing shoreline. I like fishing stuff out because I feel, I feel more comfortable there too. It's like, I don't know. I don't mind to fish shoreline, but I just like fishing what most people call open water, even when it's not really open water, but Mm -hmm. just stuff out. And I was like, dude, you guys have so much stuff like out on this lake or this reservoir. I was like, you guys ever fish this stuff? I'm like, look at this cut and this break. And I'm like, oh, the channel's, and that's the other cool thing I thought about. I was like, you know, you get to some of these systems, and I'm like, well, the channel is a channel. There's nothing really differential about it. Deep water is deep water. And what's the difference between 41 and 43 feet? But it's the channel. But I like, yeah. there's some, some spots on that map. I was like, look at this. You've got like a cut that goes into a, a, a bay, or not, kind of like into the break line, not a bay. And I'm like, but there's even like a deeper deposit here where it's like seven or eight feet deeper out of 26 or 32. I'm like, oh, like, there you fish that? He's like, no. I'm like, you should go do that like right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, you yeah, should go look at that like right mm-hmm. now. He's like, why? I'm like, because that. I'm like, so you've got differentially deeper water than the surrounding and a cut with two like little weed points that come out. I'm like, it's in the middle of the lake. You ever fish that? Nope. I'm like, dude, yeah. what the hell? Yeah. So like, yeah. and it's not, it's not that, it's not even that people are stupid. It's not a stupid thing. It's not a no. stupid thing at all. It's just that they don't know that they don't know. Mm-hmm. It's really not, it's really not a stupid thing. It doesn't take a lot of intelligence to get this stuff. It's just like a, it's just a shift. And I, I, I hate to go back to it, but like anybody that wants to challenge Buck Perry, big whoop, you want to fight about it? I mean, there's nothing I can't, I can't think of a situation where you can't go back to that and not just kind of see the roots of it, but then extrapolate yeah. further beyond. Like, cause that, it's just like that. I'm not trying to be weird, but I'm like that guy that asked me that, I was like, well, dude, you know, if you're asking me this, I mean, you should go read Buck Perry. He's like, who's that? I'm like, exactly. Go read it. And, and it, you, people laugh at that stuff. I'm like, but dude, like, how do you think you can break down stuff like that? It's not, it's not hard. It's just a paradigm shift. And and that's kind of not to go off on this whole tangent that I forgot I forgot where we were going, but um, that's kind of what I like about it in the spread because I could talk about stuff like that nonstop and they don't tell me to shut up. So. Nice. Well, you should love this at? show because I'm not going to tell you to shut up. You can talk no, about what you I want. No, I like that too. <laughs> and, and you just you made that an object lesson right there that I, I didn't. Um, what, what else do you want to talk about? I'm I'm an open book. Okay, open book. So in the spread. Tell people, you know, we're not ending this show quite yet, but tell people where they can find it and just a little bit more details about it, then we'll move on. Okay. Um, as you can find it on the internet at www.inthespread.com. Um, I jokingly call it fish, fish, <clears throat> fish porn hub because it's literally the same color scheme, even though it wasn't meant to be. But hashtag fish porn hub. Um, one of the cool things I think is... It's an ever-expanding library, and I, I make a solemn vow. Like, we're actually really expanding this year. And we're kind of getting our little cast of characters together, which is cool. It's like regular contributors from which we can then find other like-minded individuals. And the cool thing is, a lot of the people you might not have, like, heard of, but can I just be totally honest and say that's probably a compliment? <laughs> yeah. Because, like, some of these guys, uh, like, Seth uses the term ninjas, and I'll just, I'll take that. Like, he likes ninjas. And I was like, yeah, that's... I. I get that. Um, is everything I mean, reviewed by somebody 
before this gets put up. You're not just taking, you know, whatever video is sent to you and you're throwing it up there. Is there editing going on? Is there? Oh yeah, we have a we have an editor, George Martin, in Miami. He's he's cool. He's very good. So so yeah, there are some production it. values put to this. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, how about this? It's not as many bells and whistles as some of the YouTube things because uh, we don't like, we don't really give a shit. I mean, no offense, but um, and maybe we should. But no, it goes to a pretty little. I mean, we have a professional editor guy named George Aki in Miami. So I don't know. Do you need references? No, no. I was just I was, I was curious if it was like someone shooting it on, you know, uh, a, a 2004 Motorola Razor, and they send no, it no, to no, you, no, and no. all of a sudden it's put up there all grainy and pixelated. And no, this is like Seth's got one of those like thousands of dollars over the shoulder digital camera mount things that he does and then the rest of it we kind of do on gopro high quality stuff or i don't know i don't i don't know the technical jargon of it i just know that it's not a cell phone camera and it's not a gopro he has like he has like a shoulder digital camera right so so the quality of video you get is going to be as what you would par expect excellence. okay yeah par excellent i mean no offense to anything on youtube but probably better than youtube yeah. but i mean you know, here's the thing. I mean, half the stuff that you do with, with this stuff, I mean, it could almost be audio and be as effective. It's not quite as effective, but I mean, you know, this is all very instructional. But I mean, the, the quality of the video is really high as far as like the production quality of it. But like the content is where we really kind of pride ourselves, where it's not like we, we will have people do things over to be like, okay, why, why do you do this? And they won't even think the answer it's almost like they've never been asked <laughs> they're just like what do you mean why and they're like do you mean you don't want to know what bait like why why what do you mean why and they're like no we want to know why and they're like really and they're like yeah that's kind of why we're here yeah but um <laughs> so in other words you, just, you're digging the details out the, the, yeah, the mean, stuff that's yeah, second nature you're saying well why is it this and, and, yeah, and what mean, makes this different than this? They look the same to me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, yeah. I mean, just splitting hairs of hairs of hairs of hairs. I think that's why they actually asked me to do this. Cause I'm actually, I, I, I'm pretty you, bad about that. That's you. Yeah. I'm pretty bad about that. Um, yep. and nothing else in life. I think I showered four days ago. Um, but this stuff, <laughs> this stuff. Yep. Um, um, yep, I'm there. I'm there. So, yeah, that's what's cool. That's what's the news from Lake Wollagon, I guess. Okay, so that's what you're doing now. Have you, yeah. Okay, other than some of those those little spring videos and stuff that you, you put up, you caught a big giant fish not long ago. Have you been doing any other fun fishing? You want to tell that story, that big one? That Oh, that was cool. I mean, that was I was actually out with a buddy that day, and uh, just a guy... That I'm friends with. I, I took him out one time, uh, guy a trip a while back, and he lives in town, so whatever. And I was like, hey, dude, you want to come help me, uh, you know, film some things for this website thing? He's like, yeah, sure. And so we went out, and uh, I was going to do a little spinning rod session talking about how spinning rod is not gay at all. It's actually a very, very powerful tool. Okay, I'm going to stop you there. And, I got I to gotta ask you a question. So uh, it's been brought up many times on this podcast, but... See, t- 
Todd likes to hold his spinning rod upside down and spin it backwards. <laughs> the Laotian motion. <laughs> okay. You're all about the Laotian motion. So, okay, anyways, that was, that was a joke. Generally, they say that that's what I do. And however, it's not. So I had to switch it up real quick. But, okay, so you're, you're thinking that a, a spinning reel is, is not um, a lower form of, of uh, a style of, of reel for um, fishing. Is that correct? No, I mean <laughs> no. But I was aware. I was unaware that there was no. I don't think that. I just wanted to put it not quite as bluntly as you did. Well, it's, because I mean, it comes, here, here's it comes the thing: I tell people, I'm like, dude, you're not going to throw a double ten on a spinning rod. That's retarded. Okay. You might throw a jerk bait. You know what I mean? Like, right. I, I just don't understand why people are like, oh, it's dumb. I'm like, well, it's not dumb when I catch fifty three and a half on a five inch jerk bait. Hmm. Yeah. Okay, so you're out there filming for this for this little uh, short video that you were going to put together, correct? Yep. All right, so you got a buddy filming, and it, and it was this was an accident where you like midstream, kind of like doing like a how to step by step. Yeah, I mean, essentially, that was that was kind of the idea. Um, we were going to. Um, yeah, talk about. I mean, I, I'm not even trying to be a, a plug knocker right here, but like I've used a lot of because you know finding a, a spinning rod that's good for musky fishing is really. I mean, it's almost kind of an oxymoron when people really think about it because when they think musky fishing, they think oh, you big stick, heavy stick. And I'm like, yeah, but no. Um, and then you go into the world of like ass walleye stuff, and there's some stuff that's cool but uh, you know you wish i had a longer butt you wish you had a little bit more of a foregrip um so i've used a lot of stuff i'm just gonna be quite honest i've never used a spinning rod as good as that two tamer spinning rod that i got recently that's uh that's a very 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 useful tool to have because i mean it's it's got the backbone it's got the action it's got the side i can throw like quarter ounce this and that's on it you go up to about an ounce and a half but like just having that kind of a spinning rod I want to say just, I don't know, action to it. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, it lends itself so much more to finesse. Like, whether you're twitching a jerkbait, you know, I don't know. I mean, it's just, it just, it's so much better at that. Now, I got to ask you this question, and, and we've talked about this on the show in the past. When you're saying jerkbait, and, I, and the only reason I'm bringing this up is because what you just described was a, a lighter rod than the vast majority of musky sticks out there. Are you talking about a bass jerk bait that looks like a really small lipped, you know, crankbait or an actual jerk bait like uh for generic terms? Raptor. Okay, yeah, we'll go with raptor. <laughs> no, yeah, no, like a bait like a raptor. No, that that's like a musky stick bait. I mean, that's that takes you, you know, you got to have heft and horse and stuff. And you know, a spinning rod with the way it torques, like it's it's just not made for that. Mhm. And it's yeah, you're stupid, talking about like it's stupid a, to uh, make a big ten and ten foot heavy spinning rod. It's retarded. Okay. Like use a use a bait caster. You know, I mean it's it just makes sense. Yeah. So are you using a classic musky definition jerk bait or a bass definition jerk bait that um No, I mean for the for that stuff, I mean I mean maybe like a six inch Jake type bait might be yeah, the smallest like musky like, bait. Okay. But like ninety ninety percent of what I'm talking about is like X rap, Rattlin' Rogue, 
Okay. Super fluke, you know, stuff like that. Okay. Bass stuff that I want to throw on a rod that I can do bass stuff with. So you're working pick a muscle bass. Working crankbaits or yeah, they're crankbaits, crankbaits yeah. like like jerk baits, not the yeah. traditional suic bobby. Well, now my whole, yeah. my whole childhood yeah. is ruined because I thought a jerk bait was. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, see, that, yeah. that, that's what we were. I don't just, know what it, I yes. don't know what real is anymore. <laughs> We've talked about that. Yeah, we talked about that all the time. Like with my me, parents. And, yeah, yeah. Jerk bait is a jerk bait. You pull yeah, it. Switch. Yeah, like um, yeah. I don't know. Like I said, rattling rogue. The little small suics work pretty good on it. But I mean, mm-hmm. nothing, mm-hmm. nothing really. Basically, stuff you throw on a bass rod. Yeah. Okay. For the most part, you know. All right. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Okay. Cause continue on with your story. Oh, well, I mean, we went out there and, uh, there's a little section I call, <laughs> I call it the reach around cause it reaches around. <laughs> it's a little bay. Shut up. It's a little bay. <laughs> it's a little bay that's isolated from the channel. It's got a little cut that goes in. It's downstream. They all go in downstream, I guess, by the nature of reservoir. Um, <laughs> Duh. And so the fish fish move in there in the spring and it's got enough warmth, shallow bay, and enough of a channel. And it's a I call them lobster traps. There's little areas where you'll notice when you're fishing a system like this, the water goes up and down. There's areas that they can access very easily, but they can also leave very easily. But then there are also areas that they can access maybe not as easily, but it has really good retention. Because the same forces that would pull them in don't pull them out. So it's going to have like a choke point or neck down area from current uh, or like a deeper. Does that make any sense? It would be little, better yeah. with a shot board. Okay. Yeah. So like this is one of those areas. And, you know, we were just going on. I, I was just trying to get some footage of this little cool Berkeley bait that I've been crazy about for a year. And uh, and showing that like stuff like this works a lot. I was going to use a bait casting outfit and a spinning outfit and be like, okay, you can do it on the bait casting outfit with lighter action, but this is going to make it dance. This is, this is important. And we're doing it and like, we're getting ready to do it. And I, I lost like a 41 at the boat and we did some of the footage. We got some of the thing. And I was like, well, okay, you know, we're way up on this thing and there's a break line. I'm like, maybe we should go around the point to fish the section close to the channel. Just, I didn't have much time that day. I was like, you know, let's just take a shot. We're going to catch something, you know, in the words of Bender bending Rodriguez, if I'm not going to catch something, at least I'm going to catch something very big. So, um, <laughs> you guys watch future round. That's a good show. Um, so we went around, I took a gamble and I took three casts and I thought I hooked the tree, uh, cause there's some timber on there. And then the tree started to move and I was like, Oh, maybe I foul hooked the carp or something. And we, we saw the head and like, you cannot screw this net job up. <laughs> Matthew. <laughs> Matthew film man. Yeah. Yeah. Matthew, but like, no, it was pretty tense. But, um, I mean, that's one of the thing, cool things too is like, I try to tell people, and everybody acts like these these big fish are so great. Oh, um, by the way, so like, we did the fish and all this stuff, blah, 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 blah. And so before we had to go, Matt's like, dude, just like, show me how you do that. And I'm like, he does it. I'm like, no, 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 like this. And I made another cast and I caught a 38. <laughs> I was like, well, now we have to go. I have to go. But I was like, you know, I was trying to show him how subtle the taps were and stuff. But, even this this big fish, 
Mm-hmm. That, I mean, literally could have just engulfed this thing and probably fit 12 of them in its mouth, this little fire circuit. Like, I, there was no strike. There was no nothing. I was just hit, tap, tap, pause. Next time I go to tap it, there's weight, and the thing has got the hook just in the corner of its mouth. Mm-hmm. Just like fish on musky hunter. And it's like, when will people listen? There's like, there's an element to this. These big fish are not, they could swallow a duck, but that's not, it's not about food and getting them to just stimulate that like when they're inactive like that, I think they're inactive most of the time. They're going to just, it was the same thing. We're talking about bass and, and musky and the difference of the feeding mechanism, like those big fish. It just seems like they're just lazy. I don't know any other word for it. I, I don't like to use lazy cause it's kind of anthropomorphic, but there's just something about them that like, they just have to be really tripped to just totally wail on something. It seems like, and most of the time, they're not. They're not going to do. They're not going to do that. They're yeah. nipping at I it. Yeah. Good. I had a fish. I had a fish probably 52 last week. Go around the boat, um, and you know, and I beat myself up later because I was like, man, if I had put a little, bl- I'm big on putting blades on the back of things. If I had put a little blade on the back of the thing, I bet I could have gotten her to eat that. But she came. I had a H2O deep crank, and you can put the weights in it. So like, I had it weighted to suspend, and I was just twitch, twitch, pause, twitch, 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 twitch. And I brought it off and I was with some friends and like, you know, most people do a little loop and boast on. I'm like working this thing around the boat and about 10 seconds after I can see the bait, this like shadow comes up. <clears throat> I'm like, hey, 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 look, 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 look. And I watch this thing and it like dances around the boat, literally like kind of chasing the, the hook and then just finally drifted off. And I was like, look at that. The thing could have like, the thing came all the way out of this deep tree follow this piece of plastic with a hook on the back in a circle and not eat it. So, I mean, this has nothing to do with food. There's absolutely nothing no. to do with food. Yep. But so, there's no, no element of what we do. Like them getting hungry. I, I do not believe it. There's nothing to do with food. It's Those all are the, ones, the ones that are hungry are the ones you catch, which is or the ones that just like crush it. Oh yeah, I think I think and, there's times and the big just, fish do that occasionally, up. but you have a, a couple minutes of a week. Yeah, that I mean, they're just, in that mode. You yeah, know, all I these following fish. I mean, we talk about that a lot on the podcast and with my clients. It's like these fish are not. If you see the fish coming after your bait, and it doesn't have it, yeah, I already know the fish does not want. It. But can I make them bite? Well, that's the, that's the, that's the, that's I it. mean, <laughs> yeah. that's, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, it's Can the cheetah game. Nip? It's the cheetah mm-hmm. game. I think anytime mm-hmm. it's the cheetah game. It's the cheetah yeah. game. And then we just have different, there's always a way to make it happen, but sometimes yeah. it's almost, it's so intangible that it's just, and I don't want to say it's impossible, but like, I mean, and that's, I don't mean to go on that, but that, I mean, that's worthy of talking about. Um, So, like, we're talking about this thing with, like, big fish following little things and what the hell. I mean, I don't, I honestly don't even think they know. I was talking to someone about this day. Like, I don't think they're aware of what a hook is. Like, I don't think things, I don't think things make things to them. Like, the bait's as much just a code as the fish is, you know? I mean, it's the same damn shit. They don't know. But I've noticed that I've been put, like, I put little blades on the back of things. Mm-hmm. I get the little screws, like little blades. I'm, it's amazing, uh, because I've I've caught a lot of fish and I'm 
almost 100% sure they did not give a shit about the thing that I was actually throwing. All they cared about was that little blade. That little blade. And they nipped back, it. On the back <laughs> of the <laughs> damn butt. I mean, I do it with, yeah. I do it with uh, barbarians. Uh, I'll wait barbarians. It'll put like a three-way swivel in the back uh, with a blade and a hook. And that is deadly as shit. Like, wait it to where it just kind of slow falls. You see the blade kind of kick a little bit, like like the little willows or little uh, Indiana blades. Mm-hmm. And you pop, 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 and then let it fall. And you pop, 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 and let it fall. You can bondy them, too. I mean, you can do it. Like, I like them better than a bondy, man. But, like, I do this thing where I throw them out over open water. Let it fall. Pop, pop, pop. Let it fall. Pop, pop, pop. And there's a lot of times when it's, like, literally, you'll just feel a tick. And it's all the fish has in its mouth is the blade. Is the hook that was next the to hook that on a blade? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, I now, believe it. Now, Corey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. I, I've been rolling some stuff around because I, I, I listen to you when you talk, and you shouldn't do that. Well, <laughs> I mean, it, it's neat because it, it has me thinking of things I never thought of, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna kind of just throw this one out there. You, you were saying like, you know, you had that that 52 going around the boat. You know, looking at this little itty bitty bitty crankbait you have there earlier in the show, you made mention like the fish. You know, just when you compared the largemouth versus the muskie, the the, the muskie just kind of grabbing that back hook, and you just brought up that yeah. little baby blade. I'm starting to notice something, and I don't know if you think this. I, I literally have just pieced this together. So, do you think on these negative fish? And Todd, you can chime in too on this if if you have an mm-hmm. opinion. Those little baits, you know, when these fish are, are neutral to negative, yeah, they don't care about the bait. What's the chances that they care about that little clicky sound of the split ring on the wire or the the screw hook or the hook? That little that little baby clickety sound. If you if you are noticing, they're watching that back area, and if they're picking up that little blade in your mouth, and you know, on that fall that you just described, what are the chances that there's that that click sound like Todd and, and um, Dale talked about with these crankbaits that have rattles. And then Dale picked up the, his, one of his baits and shook it. He goes, tell me you can't hear this. And you hear the, you know, the, the screw eyes. A big jointed bait. Yeah. It's that it it's actually is making noise. There's metal on metal in there. Is that something that you feel might be overlooked? I, I don't know if you've ever put more than what my rambling is to that. But the subtlety uh, of the the little clicks that it makes when you jerk it and pause it and the the metal and stuff. Uh, Am I overthinking that one? No, you're not. Um, no, you no, you might. All right, let me let me say it this way. Um, I mean, yeah, no, I think you're. <laughs> I mean, how do I say this? Because I mean, here's the thing, and I try to tell people this all the time, like sound i mean i don't and i don't know this is all hypothetical bullshit that i come up with. this is all speculation i was just putting stuff together no no but i mean here's the thing that i think um and i always i always say it right in my head and then it comes out wrong i think because they can differentiate different lateral line signatures from one another they don't like even though there's a singular entity and there's it's a single bodied element it's not separated they can differentiate between the lateral line, st- lateral line stimuli of both parts. And sometimes it's like the big, there's certain ways that you can present small stimulus using a bigger, like a bigger package that you can't present the small stimulus 
uh, otherwise. So like take the barbarian is a good example. That's when we started doing it. As I was like, this is a bait that has the physics where if I put a little weight in it, it will fall slowly and subtly and I can rip it and it gives some vibration. But I'm more concerned with what this body is doing to that blade on the back than I am the body itself. Does that make sense? Like I'm, I'm literally, I'm literally using yeah. the body of that bait as a delivery mechanism for the smaller stimulus. That's, that's what I think it is. Um, I think it's the fact that there are elements to it where there's that smaller stimuli, like that little tickle or that little, little vibration on the back. Um, I think it's less the sound. I think it's more that I'm sure the sound plays a role, but I think it's more the lateral line stimulus of that, um, being delivered by something that's a more appropriate mechanism because there's no way there's no way you could get a blade to do the things that you can get it to do on the back of a barbarian in that instance yeah i wasn't suggesting that that a hook was was the same as a blade i was just saying do you think that that might be what that fish was keying in on if you you kept kind of bringing up the back hook now obviously that's also the the, like is it is it that little tick I, i like the word you use tickling the tickling of the the metals maybe hitting is what's like what the heck is going on with this i'm gonna no, just... i think that's probably i think that sound probably plays an element um i just think it's more the stimulus of the hook itself because you have to imagine like the hook is almost i mean you watch a i watch i've been i've been big on suex lately it's cool i love i it's like i finally grew up and realized why they were so cool um but it's more just that that's an extraneous element like I know a lot of times when I catch fish trolling, like on the the chat chat thing or whatever, when I used to troll those a lot, and you just tap them really lightly, and every time the big fish would just feel a thump, and then you'd have this big fish, and it would have just the back hook in its mouth. And I think it's just the fact that you know, look at most crankbaits and stuff; it's like the the hook is almost always wagging mm-hmm. the opposite way. I think it's more yeah, the that. hook. The hook is part of the bait. Like yeah, I, I mean, mean the hook. I think. Yeah. It's, as far as sure. if you want to equate it into some kind of, you know, biological code, it's like, well, that's the thing's tail. Mm. <laughs> I mean, I'm going yeah. to nip that yeah. so you can't swim. Yeah. I'm going to make it easy. You know, it's like, it's, I, I think it's that. And I don't even, I don't even break it down like that. Cause I, I don't think they really, like, they don't know what this is and that is. I really don't think they do. Um, I don't think they do either. I'm, I'm going to go more of a visual thing here. That's why I like Andy. You, you when 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 you started first painting the baits, I was like, wrap that white tail around that walleye, mm-hmm. wrap that gold around the the, the gold rapala. So your bait is wiggling, or whether you're pulling a raptor, and it's just you have that little tip, that very very offset color, like very noticeable color in the water, and. uh tons of fish hit those and you catch them just like Corey's saying there's no sound or anything but i love that big contrast that's why no, i like I, those I, nemos it's like a bullseye it's like mm-hmm. they can key on a, they might see the whole the prototype of that bait a big eight inch bait might draw them in they zone in on that little contrast yeah i'll say yeah boom you know, and you know, and you reel them in, and they're caught by the tail hook. And as Corey said, they could swallow. We say that all the time in the early season. I know Corey's more into these smaller baits than I am, but 
every fish that we're fishing for has no problem eating any bait that anybody makes. We're trying to catch 50 some inch fish that can swallow whatever they want to swallow, but we need to trigger them to strike. <laughs> mm-hmm. So going from there, you were talking about the little blade on the, on the fall, Corey, before I interrupted you on some sidetrack. No, you're cool. I mean, what, that's basically it. Okay. Like, what do you, <clears throat> I mean, like, what, what do you, so, I don't know, like, there's different, there's different blade effects. I mean, I do willow and I want it to, I want the bait to be more erratic and then the blade to be more erratic. I'll use like a little, um, they're called sling blades. They're kind of like an Indiana like a little bitty thing to use on the Alabama rigs. Um, I use those because they have a little bit more constant resistance mm-hmm. and they, they spin more constantly, but they still, it's kind of like putting a, a uh, parachute behind a race car type thing. You know, it's going to keep it from being as erratic as, you know, it's going to slow it down a little bit. Um, I mean, dude, that's, that's the fun of fishing. I don't get why more people don't do it. Like I, like, um, one of the one of the top baits I've had for the past maybe month or so is uh, Roger Waters makes like a shallow cranky nitro, which I, I'm a big fan of his stuff. I really like he's he's a savant. But um, so it's like a shallow. It's got a really wide bodied action. And you can weight it, uh, you know, suspend or not rise as fast. Um, so I did the same thing with that, and I put like a three way swivel on the back with a treble hook and a and a gold willow blade probably caught 10 fish the last month on that none of them have hit anything but the back hook. blade the blade yeah none of, like absolutely none of them have t-boned it absolutely none of them have and i've actually thrown it a little bit without it just to see and i've not gotten hardly any i've had a couple follows but they would wreck that thing at the boat because you could watch the blade out and so you've got this willow blade so it's turns but it doesn't have a lot of resistance it, that's why i use it on that because i didn't want it to dull the action of the bait so it's just swinging this thing left and right left and right left and right left and right and you can see it out there you slow it down and then just does this cool little slither but it's still spinning mm-hmm. it's and you know that, that's the way you gotta look at it. it's like if i put a colorado on there it would have just probably killed the whole action you know you put something on it's got a little bit more resistance but you know different you'd be amazed dude like just experiment with little blades on works on Suix, works on lots of stuff. It's really cool. How small of blades do you do you like? Uh Corey not good with numbers. Okay, um, how about give it like <laughs> pinky nail, thumbnail, thumbnail yeah. thumbprint, palm. Oh more <laughs> more uh pinky nail. Okay. Just a little subtle. Yeah. Yeah, I mean nothing I mean, about the biggest one I use is a, um, I don't know, like kind of a, a French blade, Aglia. Like maybe, I guess it'd be a number five, Mets. Like I use some of those like Aglia blades like that, but that's a, that's about it. Yeah, you just like a, just a little tickly thing back there. I'm using that word a lot because I like it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just that, yeah, tickle. It's a yeah, little tickle. You're not, you're not looking to try to feel it when you're reeling. You know, like you have no, like a like a nine no. number nine Colorado on there. You'll feel oh, it. Oh hell no, no 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 no. You don't want it. Yeah, no. You just almost no. don't want it. Like it's not there, but something is there. Yeah. 
That's interesting. Yeah. And you're just attaching it to the split ring. The easiest way to do it is like, the easiest way to do it is like, you know what three-way swivels are, right? Yeah. Um, Yeah, I just, I put a hook on, I attach one end to the bait and I attach a hook to one of the things and I put a blade with a swivel on the other. Blade on the other one. Okay. Yeah. It works pretty well. I like it. Little tickler. Uh, yeah. I like it a lot. So now, Corey, we're an hour and 16 into this. Is there anything else you want to talk about before we wrap it up? Uh, wow, that long? I don't know. Is there anything else you guys want to talk about? Hey, I'm I'm good with whatever. I mean, if like like we said before the show, we could probably go three or four hours, but then, you know, we run out of yeah. material from you. you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't gonna run out of the tap, probably. No joke. Um, eh, I don't know. So yeah, you, check out check out in the spread. Uh, uh, check out Eastfield swim baits. They're pretty cool. I see you've been putting a lot of it, uh, Facebook posts up on those. Yeah, those are those are cool. Those are really cool. Like I, uh, I was a fan of the external harness system for a long time, but I wasn't a fan of the baits that utilized it. And then I kind of stumbled on those, and I was like, "Cool, somebody gets it." Mm-hmm. Interesting. I mean, um, and you know, it's like we're making some internal harness stuff because people don't. I mean, whatever. You got to put the pins back in. I'll tell you this. Okay, I will just tell you straight up. How about you give it to me straight? Okay, I've had so many fish hit those swim baits that I know. I wouldn't have gotten if the harness wasn't a pull-away harness. Okay. They make a big difference in your eyes. Yeah. Well, I mean, we were just talking about it earlier, like with the fact that you said they hit the hooks. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I've had lots of fish, some big ones, come up on those things and literally go after the hook and not keep on the thing, not eat it, all this stuff. Like, just come up and literally go around and grab just the hook. And as soon as they grab the hook off of it, the harness pulls out and you've got a direct line to hook set. There's no ripping it from a rubber body. Mm-hmm. There's no extra mass. I mean, and, and it protects the baits, too. I mean, because the baits don't get tore up in the fight. Mm-hmm. They last so much longer. I don't. I, I get some people are like, oh, I don't want to stick the pins back in. I'm like, dude, get over it. So much better. Mm-hmm. So much better. So much better. In a lot of ways, it's so much better. Hmm. And where, you know, that's not a very popular musky bait. Where where can people find these? Oh, well, thanks. Uh, no, they're, I mean, okay. They're, well, then let's big. not talk about it. No, <laughs> they're big. Over, they're big overseas. They're getting over here. Um, uh, we've got a website. I I had a website built for it for the U.S. stuff. It's uh, www.eastfieldnanorthamerica.com. Uh, uh, but most of the stuff's on the Facebook page right now, and I'm I'm trying to keep up with that a little bit more um he's been really swamped overseas because his kind of markets exploded over there and he got five or six or seven new baits uh kind of printed off but not like individual baits like lines of baits so he's uh he's kind of he's kind of busy right now but i mean we've got these brand new wingman swim baits that are factory models they've got their new harnesses you can put the pins in wherever you want it's uh they stick a lot better um and as far as the shallow rubber presentation goes, I mean, the deep stuff, it does well, and you can weight them. I love doing that. But 
the shallow rubber presentation, there's absolutely no shallow rubber presentation that comes close to these external harness weightless swim baits. Okay. It's, <clears throat> I mean, it's, you can fish, you've got a curly tail. And I mean, you know, people talk about the shallow model, this shallow model, that not even close because I mean, the only weight on this thing is the density of the bait itself and the harness, which is just some hooks and wire. Mm-hmm. Um, you can just fish really slow. You can fish really fast. You can burn them. Um, like I said, I, I weigh them and use them for deep water applications too, but that shallow rubber presentation, uh, that that kind of stuff offers you, um, I haven't seen it parallel, at least in, in musky bait world, you know, mm-hmm. it's pretty very, cool. Very nice. Check them out where Corey just told you where to go. Anything else you want to hit up before we end this? Uh, pcmatic.com i don't know i'm good you're good all right <laughs> yep perfect uh this show is brought to you by fatty z musky products fatty z musky.com muddy creek fishing guides mc fishing guides.com ranger boats find your local dealer and if you're local to us look up vix marine and sports center kent ohio uh for sales and service new and used boats starcraft star weld ranger and ranger aluminum series uh st croix rods best rods on earth musky zinc uh join your local chapter and uh join the group join the party it's all good uh we mentioned a bunch of tournaments early on in the show i'm not going to run through them right now because you can just start the show over and i think i hit all the plugs if i didn't i apologize so big thanks for listening thank you Corey, and good luck fishing. Bye, all right